Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander, Dalton Stanford, all at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Luke out this afternoon. Glad you're with us around the state this afternoon on the Super Talk Radio Network, uh, wherever you're listening in. We're glad you've joined us for another hour of Eagle Talk. All right, we're going to be talking to Jonathan Bros from IMG College in the show today. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald joins us every Thursday, and uh, Patrick will be doing that uh, starting in the second segment of today's show. Quick uh, couple of notes. We'll be at Sully's uh, tomorrow broadcasting live and uh, look forward to making our first visit of the new year down at Sully's in South Hattiesburg. And what a great show we're going to have. We're going to be talking to Bud Brown and Michael Bowley, two former Southern Miss football stars, both of whom have played in the Super Bowl. So we're going to get an opportunity to talk to two guys that have experienced the big game themselves just a couple of days uh, before they kick it off down in Miami. So looking forward to our conversations tomorrow with Bud Brown and Michael Bowley. Opening segment of today's show is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. And we're grateful that they support the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their delicious food. They cook it in-house every day, seven days a week. They cater any event for your church, for your office, for your home. Uh, You want somebody to bring in some delicious food, uh, they'll deliver it right to you. You can sit back, relax, and you can let Dickie's do the cooking. So uh, thanks to Dickie's Barbecue Pit for supporting the Eagle Hour. Jonathan Brotz is a young man from Missouri. He works for IMG College here at Southern Miss. Uh, We had him scheduled earlier, I think, in the month, but he fell and broke his ankle. And uh, now, cast included, he joins us in the First Bank studio. Jonathan, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Well, it's our pleasure. A couple questions I want to throw at you right out of the gate. For listeners around the state that may not know – just how big IMG College is, it's uh, it's really big. You guys uh, really, I think it's safe to say now, dominate the radio sports broadcasting in, in the country. Yes, absolutely. Um, so last year, uh, Learfield and IMG College uh, merged and, um, you know, really took control of, of over 200 universities across um, the nation. And so um, we, we definitely have a, a big footprint, to say the least. Right. And uh, interesting tie-in, because at one time, this company, Telesouth, the parent company of Supertalk, owned all the broadcast rights, uh, Mississippi College Sports, State, Southern Ole Miss, Jackson State, still in partnership uh, in regard to IMG, with IMG regarding Ole Miss. But uh, every university, different operation, different staff, all under one umbrella, correct? Correct. Yep, that's absolutely right. And so your role here in Hattiesburg, when uh, someone like you comes in, uh, you take a job with IMG, is to do what? Um, So the biggest question I always get is, do I work directly for the university? And the answer is no and yes. Um, So... um, Learfield IMG, we pay a rights fee to the universities um, that we work with. 
Um, and we come in, we act as an internal sales organization um, for the athletic department in terms of all marketing and advertising. Um, so, yeah. So does that deal electronic advertising, print advertising, um, game, in-game marketing? Yep, all the above. So um, anything from signage, um, on-field uh, promotions, um, you know, social media, radio, um, that's all our, under our umbrella that we sell. It is, um, you know, executed, though, by the marketing team. Um, we have a, a tremendous um, group of graduate assistants who, um, you know, do, do a tremendous job of making sure everything that we sell um, and that we get sponsored for them uh, gets executed. So you sell it and hand it off to them. And, and so if they do a shoot for the loot at halftime of a basketball game or whatever, you guys sell it, they actually implement it. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, kudos to them. Uh, they work night and day um, and, and they're really, really, really hard workers. Um, and, and they make sure everything, uh, like I said, that we get sponsored, uh, gets executed and get done um, right. All right. I got you here. So I've got, <laughs> I've got a question. I've been waiting on you for this. Uh, let me preface this by saying I oversee all the all the local and regional sports broadcasting that this company does here in this area. And one thing we called everybody in on a couple of years ago, and we made some adjustments, is we felt like we had oversold stuff. And what I mean by that is we had our crews out, and the first downs were sponsored, the field goals were sponsored, everything was sponsored, and I just felt like that it sort of ruined the experience. Do you ever hear that complaint that – Maybe there's too much sponsorship and too much promotion during Southern Miss sporting events. Uh, absolutely. That's that's always a worry. Um, fortunately, though, I've been here for about 10 months. And, um, you know, when I got here, Brad Smith, who are, is external AD right now, um, is really fan first. Uh, he cares about, you know, family experiences, fan experience, students experiences. Um, so he's just he's done a great job of, um, you know, managing that and, and helping us not oversaturate it to where, um, you know, the flow of the game gets broken up by um, all these sponsors. So um, I, I've been fortunate um, to, to, to have Brad. So you can tell our fans that there is there is some consciousness of that uh, and that the new person that you just mentioned is addressing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, Brad Smith and, and Murray Littlepage, who's the director of marketing, um, you know, they're, they're really fan experience first. And um, um We've just done a really good job, I feel like, this year, especially of managing that. You have a couple of things really difficult to juggle here, Jonathan, because it's all about bottom line and about raising money. But one of the things that your company and others are experiencing is an overall downward trend in attendance in college athletics. Is there anything you guys can put your finger on? How are you planning to combat that in the future? Um, yeah, that's, um, you know, a... Uh a trend that's been nationwide uh, this year. Obviously, college attendance is down. Um, you know, to bring up a good example, the University of Notre Dame, um, I believe it was 270 consecutive sellouts ended this year um, to a ranked team against Army. So, um, you know, th- there is a trend of it's harder to get people in the stadium because everything's so accessible, whether it be online, your phone. Um, and that's really um, where digital um, and social media comes into play. Um, so helping these businesses align themselves better with social media um, in terms of Southern Miss um, is, is kind of the trend right now, to answer your question. So so when when the conference gets a new TV contract from whatever cable network is out there, do you guys have anything to do with that? So currently, no. Um, we don't do anything uh, TV related. Okay. All right, Jonathan, you said something interesting to us before the show. You're a young man from Missouri. 
football's big. It's an SEC school. You said you were just a little taken back when you first came to a Southern Miss baseball game. Uh, yeah, I mentioned this before the game. Um, the biggest culture shock for me, um, you know, my first couple days down here, I was fortunate enough to, to go to a Southern Miss baseball game. We had a home series, I believe it was against North Texas. And, um, you know, going to University of Missouri, which is an SEC school, um, I, I told, I told um, these guys that, you know, you'd be pressed to have 250 to 300 people um, attending a weekday game. That's not the case down here. Um, and I found that out really quickly. Um, the culture, um, the following for Southern Miss baseball is infectious. Um, you know, the right field roost area is is amazing. Um, and, and it was just one of the, the bright spots uh, for me when I when I was looking at coming here. I think there was that many people at the scrimmage game. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Right. Um, that, uh, that that is so true. So is it reasonable to assume, Jonathan Bros, that baseball is an, is not to pick on basketball or football, but just based on attendance and percentage wise, baseball an easier sale? Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that, um, you know. From a fan perspective, you know, everybody likes winning. Um, and, you know, fortunately, baseball has had that trend a little bit longer than the other two sports. Um, but, no, that's uh, that, that's not um, the, the case. Um, you know, it's... Uh, you, you've seen the Ladner effect, as it's being called, being um, kicked in with basketball sales this year. Absolutely. Jay Ladner um, is an, incred- an incredible guy. Um, he is uh, one of the nicest people, most genuine people I've met. Um, obviously has ties with Southern Miss, so you can just tell um, he's in it for the long haul, and uh, he, he genuinely cares about the long-term success of Southern Miss. So, um, yeah, it, that stuff like that, people like Jay, people um, uh, like Coach Hop, um, you know, Coach Barry, they make my job so much easier. So, so much easier. where do you get your ideas for, quote-unquote, things to sell? There are obvious things like signage and whatnot, but but the shoot for the loot or kick the field goal for a scholarship or whatever, where do you come up with these ideas? Yeah, um, you know, some of them are recycled ideas um, from other properties or past promotions. Uh, me personally, um, that's that's the most fun part about my job is going into that business, um, you know, kind of understanding what their objectives are in terms of marketing um, and help aligning that with Southern Miss in a way um, that, that gives them great return and great exposure to our fans, um, our fans and our students. So um, I find the most unorthodox way to do that um, usually sells. So for me, I'm a huge uh, charitable contribution type of guy. So if I can find a way um, to tie that in with a charity that that particular business might, um, you know, be backing or or affiliated with, um, that's what makes my job fun. All right, Jonathan, we're going to get you back. Good conversation. Before I let you go, I have one more pointed question. How long have you been here in the South? I've been here for 10 months. All right. What have you found more pleasing, the food or the young women? <laughs> well, uh, I have a girlfriend, so uh, uh-huh. she she would uh, prefer me to uh, answer with the first is one. On she that. A, is she a Southern girl here? Uh, no, she actually moved down with me um, oh, okay. a few months after, and uh, you know we we found Hattiesburg uh, to be home, and we appreciate everybody. Who's so you been really hospital. can't comment on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no comment. <laughs> food is good. Is that the food way you is leave phenomenal. It? It's not good on my diet, but it's great. And the guys in the South are much better fantasy football players than wow. guys from Missouri too. Hey, uh, <laughs> I, I was a points leader for this year. Okay, good for you. We'll get you back, man. Right. Good conversation. Yeah, appreciate Thank it, guys. You. All right, we'll be back. Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun Herald, makes his Thursday class lesson when we come back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Hey, I want to thank uh, Jonathan Brooks for uh, joining us. IMG College, interesting conversation. Nice young man. Yeah, good kid. Here in Hattiesburg from the state of Missouri, the show me state. Always uh, glad to entertain young people like that. All right, this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. Two proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, and uh, you can shop them online if you're listening in other parts of the state. Of course, you can visit them six days a week, Monday through Saturday, right on Hardy Street, right across the street from the corner of the Southern Miss campus in Midtown Hattiesburg, as uh, all the hipsters now say. That's right. Midtown, baby. That's where I hang out in Midtown. I'm not one of the hipster crowd, but (laughs) that's what I hear you guys say. Midtown used to be the east side. You know, mid mid east side would would be considered near downtown now, right? Yeah. So uh, anyway, we (laughs) thank Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. It's Thursday. That means that we always go to class. We call in the professor from the Biloxi Sun Herald uh, down on the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. Professor, happy Thursday to you. Hey guys, how are y'all? Well, we're good. We got lots to talk to you about today, Professor. As always, and I want to start with football. Uh, you had a good article uh, this week that I actually read this morning about uh, Southern Miss now in the market for another OC, offensive coordinator. How many Jack Abraham has had to deal with in his tenure here? Uh, anything new on the search for the? I had, I heard a rumor over the weekend, Patrick, that the. OC at Alcorn State was coming here. Is there any truth to any of those rumors? <laughs> well, there's always been that little chance that one, if somebody's signed a, a staff member at Alcorn State, uh, Jay Hobson staff, there's there's probably about a 50% chance of it happening. So mm. I'll give that, you know, mm. that little credibility to it. But I, I would be surprised. Uh, Ryan Stancheck was the offense coordinator at Alcorn State a year ago, and I don't know why you wouldn't maybe go with Stancheck. Uh, but I'm, I'm not really that familiar with OC at Alcorn State. I, I don't think so. I mean, if we go back and look through uh, Jay's experience of hiring, you know, on the offensive staff, he usually goes with somebody that he hasn't worked before. I think on the defensive staff is where you've seen a lot of the Alcorn people coming through, and I think Stan Check's kind of the exception to the rule. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess that's a remote possibility, but I think uh, Scotty Walden is an, obviously a name you have to consider. And then Les Koenig, who was on the Southern staff in 2018 as a running backs coach and went up to Kansas as offensive coordinator, uh, didn't work too good for him. Uh, things didn't go too well for him up at Kansas, but now he's a free agent, and I'm pretty sure he would have been the Southern Miss offensive coordinator this past season if he had not been hired by Kansas. Mm-hmm. So those are two names. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a good chance that there's going to be a couple of names that, that pop up that really we aren't even thinking about at the moment. I have to ask this question at the risk of making anyone angry at me, but what does it say, Patrick, when your offensive coordinator reportedly takes a $100,000 a year cut in pay to take another job? Right, yeah, and that's, that's a solid number. I mean, that's the, what Georgia – uh, yeah. Revealed to that one website that was I think he's making one forty. He was making two fifty at, at Southern Miss. Um, it's not a good thing uh, to, to see that happen. You wanted some continuity there on the offensive side, and I thought we saw some uh, you know some really good signs this year on the offense on offense under Faulkner, aside from those last two three games of the season. So uh, you know you can read into it however you want to. Uh, but it it doesn't really it's not it's not much of a vote of confidence for for uh, Jay Hobson. I'll I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there has to be some some concern, and, and I think you know 
that if you're losing your offensive coordinator under those circumstances, uh, it's it's maybe a situation where they understand it's better to look for another opportunity than stay on for another year. Or so, well, does the, was there any indication that these two guys did not get along, did not see eye to eye, or do you think Buster Faulkner just felt like it was a good career move to go to Georgia, even for a hundred grand less? Yeah, well, I mean, if if you met the two guys, I mean, Jay and Buster seem like uh, uh, two different guys personality wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Faulkner always had nothing but good things to say about Hobson, so I don't think there was any beef between the two guys at all. No, I don't think that was the case. Uh, I think it was kind of a strategic uh, move by Faulkner uh, to to maybe work with Munkin and, and have that opportunity to be say a a quarterbacks coach or receivers coach come next season and maybe work his way up and have an opportunity to kind of put himself in a uh, position and get, if not at Georgia, maybe on other SEC staffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think he just saw this more as a strategic move for a year. Move. He's still a young guy, so he's got his career ahead of him, and maybe this is a chance to kind of uh, put himself in a better position going forward. But unusual, fair to say, that a guy would take a big cut in pay in a lesser position? Right, yeah, it was unusual. I mean, you're, you, you've got your starting quarterback coming back and some other key pieces there on offense. So, yeah, it, it was unusual. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's the best way to describe it. One of the things that we talked about last week as we continue our discussion with Patrick McGee was that Tony Pecoraro was on his way back to the Southern Miss right. staff from FAU. At that time, you couldn't confirm it, but that's that's all put to bed now. He is He's coming back to Southern Miss. Yeah, Jay Hobson confirmed this week that that Pecorero is going to be on the staff. His role isn't to be really kind of ironed out yet. Uh, Nicholson, uh, the guy he's replacing, he was a, a co-defense coordinator slash linebackers coach. And obviously Pecorero is a former defense coordinator, but now we've got Tim Billings, who's the defense coordinator slash safeties coach. Uh, so it, it's going to be kind of a weird fit to see where he – he goes in. Maybe he kind of, you know, fills that exact role that Nicholson had. Um, Boone's done a good job with as the defensive line coach. Uh, so I think Pecoraro is probably going to see him as maybe, if not, uh, maybe right there the exact role that Nicholson had, co-defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach. So uh, we'll see. But uh, I, I think it's a good addition. I know some people kind of complain, oh, this is kind of lazy. This is somebody's already been there. But uh, you know, if you want to maximize your defense going into next year, it's better to have. Uh, people who are familiar with the personnel and have uh, had some success with this group in the past. So I think adding Tony was a good move. One of the things that we try to do here on the Eagle Hour is keep our ear to the ground as to anything that might be happening. And one of the things we're hearing about offensive coordinator, and we'd be the first to admit that it's rumored just kind of talk out there, but I wanted to throw it out there and get your reaction, is that Coach Hobson won't name an offensive coordinator until after signing day, which is, uh, which is what, next Wednesday. Um, right. Have you heard anything along those lines? No, I mean, it, 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 the, with everything being so quiet this week, I think that's the direction it's headed. I, I don't think we'll have an offensive coordinator before Wednesday. I think Jay's going to take his time and get it right. I think uh, Faulkner leaving was a little bit of a surprise, so it wasn't like uh, uh, maybe Jay had somebody, one or two guys at the top of his list, so he's got to go back and, and see who's out there and see who's interested in the job. So at this point, yeah, I think it will play out until after signing day. And the Eagles lost some commitments as a result of Faulkner leaving. Is that correct? No, uh, not that no? I'm aware of. Okay. I mean, I, I think people that – some guys that signed back in December uh, maybe weren't too thrilled to hear the news, but uh, not, I'm not aware okay. of any. So no decommitments. I, I seem there like was, I heard There was before. one decommitment, uh, I think, an offensive lineman out of Madison Central, but I don't think that was connected to Faulkner. I think he had a new Missouri offer. 
that he was uh, considering. So I, I don't think anything uh, was really, uh, uh, you know, that she can blame for, for Faulkner leaving at the moment. But while we're on those two signing days, signing days kind of been split now. There's there's mm-hmm. pluses and minuses to everything. It's still in its infancy, Patrick. But do you, do you like the the split signing day, or would you, you still would you still like to go back to the old days where everybody loaded up the boat on that first Wednesday in February? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm still not a fan of it. I don't think it's entirely fair to the to the uh, high school kids uh, coming out and where you're going to have coaching changes, you know, right? Because usually there's a lot of changes in in January, and we're seeing that again this year. So. I, I don't think it's good for the kids on their end. Yeah, I think it's better for them to sit back until February and see how things play out and make sure there aren't any drastic changes. Sort of like the end of the basketball season now. You just don't know what you're going to get because you don't know who you're going to play. And, and that's that's kind of exactly what Patrick was saying was, was what I was thinking too because now these kids have got the ink is dry. So right. <clears throat> to affect so if they signed in the early signing period and the coach that recruited them is gone or the coach gets gets canned, then you have a whole different landscape that you're coming to, which is not what you signed on for. No, that's exactly right. And the kids can't get out once they you know, it seems like that would be a rule that, you know, if I sign to come play for you and you leave. But what I committed to is no longer there. Correct. I should be able to get out of the scholarship. Exactly. That certainly makes sense. It you certainly agree with makes that, sense. Professor. Yeah, well, I think they can just handle all this just by moving it all back to February again. So, right. I think I think whenever they moved it up, I think it was a, a move made by made by the coaches because they wanted to get these kids locked down as early as possible. They didn't really take into account the kids' side of this uh, whenever they made that decision. And the reason they sold it that way was so that the kids could could have that behind them and they could focus on their careers ahead of them, whether it's athletic, academic, or both. Mm-hmm. I know that's how they sold it, but once you implement it, it's a whole different deal. Right. All right, Professor, we're going to ask you to stick around through the break. We want to talk to you about basketball, of course, like this game tonight, I think, in there Hattiesburg. It is. Also, I, I was at some of the scrimmage games over the weekend with baseball. I have some observations uh, from my uh, – unintelligent viewpoint i want to i want to get you to you to comment on and then we're not going to let you go patrick without you predicting uh who's going to win and i can't say the word i've been advised the big game big game patrick (laughs) on sunday that starts with an s yes sunday and we're going to get the professor's take on the championship when we come back on the eagle hour To the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill right over the 4th Street Bridge near Highway 49 if you're going through Hattiesburg right next to the 
Stone's Throw from M.M. Roberts Stadium, home of the 895 lunch. That includes your soft drink Monday through Friday. The menu changes uh, every single day. And, of course, that's where Southern Miss students and fans go to pregame, whether you're in town for a basketball or baseball game. And actually, we'll be originating our broadcast from there uh, very near the opener of Southern Miss baseball, the Southern Miss memorabilia on the wall, and the best place in town to shoot a game of pool. Fourth Street Bar and Grill, where Golden Eagles hang out. Proud to sponsor us here on the Eagle Hour, continuing our discussion with the professor. Sir Patrick McGee, we hope that your number two pencils are sharpened. We took a lot of notes in the in the first segment, Bob. You've got more questions as we head into segment number two with Patrick McGee. All right, Patrick. So I'm at baseball this weekend, and I watched some of the scrimmaging over the weekend. And, uh, you know, I saw an athletic team. I saw a team very quick, a lot of quickness, a lot of speed. But here's what I didn't see, Patrick. I didn't see any of those guys I'm used to seeing, those 6'2", 200 and 25-pound studs walking up to the plate that can, you know, belt the ball uh, out of the park at any minute. So I walked away thinking, uh, well, the Golden Eagles are going to have to rely on pitching and better defense this year because the power game is not going to be there. Am I I wrong there? Right. You look out there and you see like a five-foot-four shortstop, that does kind of (laughs) – A tiny shortstop. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you have a McGillis now at first base. He's not that uh, that big first baseman that you usually see these days. And you're right; it's going to be a different team. Uh, you don't have those big boppers. Uh, you just got, you know, to me, whenever you have a team built like that, you got to have a bunch of really pure, uh, smart hitters that know what they're doing up at the plate. Uh, I think uh, we've seen Louisiana Tech put similar teams on the field here lately uh, in the lineup, but you know. In the end, they didn't really come through because they just weren't that smart at the plate. So this team's got to be uh, really kind of intelligent, uh, know what they're going to do, have a plan, go up there and, and, and find some production. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I've been saying all along. I think eventually we'll see a little bit of pop out of this team, out of some of the young guys as they develop into the season. But, uh, it, you know, there's a chance we may not even see one double-digit homer guy on the team. Right, and I think we've gotten so used to watching – these big home run hitters come bail us out of trouble. You know, we make a couple errors, mm-hmm. we get two runs down, and the next thing you know, you know, here's a guy hitting a three-run home run, and you're right back in the lead. Uh, so fans in store for a little different kind of baseball, I think, this spring. Yeah, that's definitely – they're going to have a Southern's media day uh, tomorrow in Hattiesburg, and I look forward to going up there and talking to them. The, I guess really the most interesting thing right now, I think we have a decent idea with the lineup or who is, who's going to be playing is going to be in the lineup, but mm-hmm. uh, who's that number three starter, who's your midweek guy, and, and is Stanley maybe your closer, do you move on to somebody else? Uh, so that's one thing, some of the things I'll be asking about on Friday at Media Day. But one of the things to me that is so cool about the game of baseball, unlike football, for example, in football, if you don't have big, strong linemen, you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to win. In baseball, you can have those big boppers, but you can also score runs with those punch that's and right. judy single no, and doubles right. hitters. So Scott Barry and his staff are just going to have to score runs different ways. That's but right. it doesn't mean you can't win in baseball right. if you don't have big dudes. You know, that's, right. that's what I think, again, is so cool is that you don't have to – you don't have to have those guys. No, that's you, right. you just go about your offensive job a little bit differently than you would if you had those home run hitters. Now, Pat, the West, the West Jones kid we've all heard so much about, the shortstop, he looked very athletic to me over the weekend and played well. What I saw, I was a little taken back at how small he is. Yeah, he's not very big, but in the, on the middle infield, that's almost 
you know, it, it, he's a if you're a quick trigger guy that can get rid of the ball quickly or low to the ground, can get down and really kind of suck up those ground balls. It's almost to your benefit, you know, mm-hmm. as a middle infielder. So he, he, you know, I expect him to, to thrive there. And of course, he's a pitcher. Uh, I think in that last scrimmage over the weekend, he was a starting pitcher, and uh, I think he's like low nineties uh, fastball. So he's got a strong arm. So. No, He's no really doubt. an interesting guy, and I think he'll probably be kind of, you know, a, a, a kind of a looks. You know, he'll be a little smaller than everybody else, but I think the fans will grow to really enjoy him. Uh, defensively, he's supposed to be special. And and at the plate, those smaller guys have a smaller oh, strike yeah. zone, yeah. you know, which yeah. is going to make it tougher to, to pitch to them. But you know, Southern Miss will have to have to hit and run maybe a little bit more. They'll have to put down some bunts maybe more than they want to. But that's there right. are, there is in baseball more ways than one to skin a cat, and I think that's what you'll see. Hey, Patrick, I, I noticed that uh, Lynch, Danny Lynch, did not play much this weekend. Is are they just holding him out? Is he injured? Do you have any any information on any early injuries on the team? No, not yet. I, I, I was going to probably follow up with Scott Berry on some of that on, on tomorrow okay. and figure out who's kind of banged out, banged up going into the season. So, not sure right now, but that's mm-hmm. that's that's going to be one of those guys that maybe he didn't show much power last year, but he's somebody that be an RBI guy, hit six or seven homers. So, uh, he's going to have to be a key piece of lineup for Southern Miss. And, and that kid, you can tell he's been in the program a year. He's trimmed up. He looked yeah. good. He looked athletic. He looked strong. I think he's been in the weight room working out, and uh, you, you see some physical. It's funny, Kelly. You see these kids when they come in out of high school, and then you look how they they physically change over the course of their careers. Well, in Dickerson, you'll see that because it's still yeah. a freshman. He's a, a a real freshman, you know. So they're still they're still growing into their you know man bodies, and they get in the weight room and they eat more and. Also, the stuff they eat turns into muscle. So you'll see him, you know, progress. You know, that, the only thing guys really can't control a whole lot about is their height, right? That's right. in their DNA, and that's that's just the way it goes. Montenegro would tell you. Right, for sure. <laughs> Basketball-wise, uh, Patrick, the Eagles could have done themselves a big favor if they'd have gone to Murfreesboro over the weekend and, and knocked off the Blue Raiders. But in a really tightly contested game, Middle Tennessee won that game and now throws the Eagles uh, Conference USA. It's still, still plenty of basketball to play, but, man, they could have – taking a big step toward working their way up the middle of the pack and saving a spot in the conference uh, postseason tournament. That one hurt. Yeah, that was a game that, you know, you had a chance. You're playing well, the momentum's on your side, then you go up there and not play that great against the Middle Tennessee team that hadn't even won a conference game. So mm. losing that game was tough, and you're still playing so shallow right now with only uh, really no depth at all in the backcourt especially. Uh, there was a moment whenever Gabe Watson took a hit to the chin in the first half, and uh, whenever he went out there, and they put in walking on walk on Rigby, and I think he turned it over two straight times. So uh, McCoy and uh, Malone, a couple of guards who who have played at the point, they need them, but they're out uh, academically ineligible at the moment. It's unclear how long they're going to be out. So uh, right now, the Southern Miss is so so thin, and uh, it, they can't afford any injuries. And hopefully. Uh, for their sake, they can get McCoy and, and Malone back on the court at some point. I got to see uh, Jay Ladner, who was down at Pearl River Monday night when Pearl River was playing Meridian. And, of course, Meridian is coached by James Green, who used to coach at Southern Miss. And Coach Ladner was talking about this strain of the flu that his team had. You know, normally – the people who aren't medically trained or whatever, you think of the flu as a lot of nausea and all that kind of stuff, your stomach hurting. This strain of flu that's been going around has been nothing but just knocking people out pretty much. It's not, not a whole lot of nausea, just 
so weak you right. can't lift your head up and jay said that's that's where he was and it just lingers right it just won't mm-hmm. go away you know well I, I was just relieved to find out last night that you don't get the corona flu from drinking corona i was really concerned about that. yeah you were going to be a goner i feel a lot better i feel <laughs> a lot better about my prospects now. but it but it's they weren't very deep to begin with but right. patrick's point right. is well taken when you lose some of those guys all right patrick we've got two minutes left the, the big game uh, Sunday afternoon at 5.30, we have the high-flying Kansas City Chiefs against, i got to tell you, the good-looking San Francisco 49ers. They have been a strong-looking football team all year. I sort of think Kansas City's going to win it, Patrick, but what do you think? I hope Kansas. I mean, this is uh, just for my – I'm kind of rooting for the Chiefs. I like. I want Andy Reid to finally get that Super Bowl win. He's a good guy, and, and Pat, Patrick Mahomes, I really – like watching him as a quarterback. So from that standpoint, I, I it, so I think it's going to be. I think Vegas has got it right. It's going to be a really tight Super Bowl. Um, I, it's going to be really tight, but I, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I just like the way they're playing in the playoffs. Probably playing their best football this season. But you, you might as well say the same thing about the 49ers too. Here's Bob Getty's key to the game, guys. Uh oh, hang on, hang on. This is what you've all been it waiting is for. Be the Kansas City ready. offensive line against the. San Francisco defensive line, and if 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 San Francisco if San Francisco's defensive line overwhelms the O line, Mahomes doesn't have time. But if they can hold off that good defensive line, the Chiefs are just almost impossible to beat. Patrick, yeah, if if I'm the the uh, Chiefs, I go back and watch the, uh, the Saints against the 49ers in New Orleans because the the Saints lost that game, but the Saints also really lit up the 49ers defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can. Figure out different ways to make sure those ends, those really good ends, and really that defensive line is the best in the NFL. I'm, I'm with you. If you can at least kind of limit them and, and, and find ways to make them run around your quarterback as opposed to get hits on them, uh, that's what you got to do. Mahomes, you got to work up in the pocket and try to find guys uh, maybe in the intermediate passing game. I think what's really funny is that you can compare sports to politics in this country that. Nobody in the South is ever going to cheer for a New England team or a team or from San California. Team. No, you're, <laughs> yeah. no, you're right. They're in worlds. All by the, I, right. I got a kick yeah. out of the people that said they've already their team has already won the Super Bowl because the Patriots weren't in it. All right, all right real quick, Patrick, <laughs> score of the big game. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs 35-49ers uh, 28. There we go. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Professor, thank you. I'm going to get in touch with you early part of the week, maybe get you on an extra segment next week to uh, tell us about Media Day at baseball. Sounds good. All right, Patrick McGee, everybody. Kelly and I will be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour, what I was just trying to figure out who was bringing us back into the segment. It's brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, their beautiful new lot here in West Hattiesburg off of Highway 98, 601-544-9630. That's 544-9630. I drive a Toyota, and sometimes I just drive in to say hello to everybody, and they'll go, well, how can we help you today? I said, don't need any help. 
My car's running like a top. Uh, Toyotas don't break down much. No, they, they sure don't. So I just drop in every once in a while to say hello, let them know I'm still alive. And, and they actually care there as right. opposed to other people who could care less whether I'm dead or alive. Correct. Uh, <laughs> reminder that tomorrow on the show, Bud Brown and Michael Bowley, former Super Bowl participants. The Brown, I know, played for uh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Michael Bowley played for the Giants. The Giants, that's right, the mm-hmm. Giants. So uh, that's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Those two guys, man, that's going to be great. And and great Southern Miss. And, you know, because we always hear about, obviously, Brett Favre and, and some of these other guys, the Sammy Winders. But the Michael Bowleys and the Bud Browns of the world kind of get lost in the shuffle, and they shouldn't. They were yeah. great in their own right. And, and Bud goes back probably to the late 80s, I guess. But, buddy, he was a head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a mean dude. And that's back in the days where Southern Miss defensively, they just didn't shut down people. You just found yourself at times almost feeling sorry for the opposing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, it was one yeah. thing to, to tackle them. It was another thing to dismember them. Just to brutalize <laughs> Right. I, I, I think that he was a little before this, but I, I go back to one night they were playing Houston. You probably have seen that video where they knocked the mouth guard and the teeth out of the Houston quarterback. When he was trying to run an option play. And people thought he was 65 years old. It wasn't. He just got no. run into by a you Southern know, Miss oddly guy. Oddly enough, he did not want to run any more option plays that night, Kelly. Funny how that works. <laughs> <laughs> the USM Lady Eagles softball team is having their meet and greet uh, Saturday night at 6 o'clock at the Holiday Inn in Hattiesburg. Chance to get by and meet uh, Coach LeVan's uh, girls that will be playing this season, representing the black and gold. Shake some hands, get some autographs, maybe a few photos, some posters signed. That's this coming Saturday night. Six o'clock at the Holiday Inn off of uh, Highway, uh, off the Holiday Inn off of Highway 49, kind of on the hill in Hattiesburg. So, softball fans, make sure you put that on your social calendar. All right, basketball tonight against uh, Old Dominion. The Monarchs come to town, and then uh, the Eagles have a two-game home stand. They don't have a lot of time after this game tonight with Charlotte to re- or to reload to play Charlotte. Old Dominion tonight, Charlotte on Saturday, and the ladies, of course, at Old Dominion and Charlotte, and now. Kelly, you said something to me the other day. We'll pass this along to our listeners. It's no longer politically correct to say, like, the Lady Eagles or the Lady Bobcats. Yeah, whatever. yeah, I do some public address work. And I was at, I was at Pearl River the other night, and the, the women's team at Pearl River was playing the women's team at Meridian. And I introduced them as the Lady Wildcats and, and the Lady Eagles. And, and uh, I was told by a couple – nobody was being ugly about it. They just said, no, they're – we're dropping lady from everything. So it's, I said, so that makes them the Eagles and the Wildcats. And they said, correct. And I said, well, that's what the men are. The Eagles and the Wildcats. Correct. So, so I just got thinking, well, I always kind of wanted them differentiated, but I guess it's just two different genders playing under the same name. There was a time, Kelly, that calling uh, women ladies, was a compliment. No, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah. And that's why I kind of had to, um, if, I mean, I've never, you know, I've never been a woman, did drag for a couple of years, but that's another show entirely. But <laughs> To the top. All yeah, right. Stopped wearing high heels because one time I, I, I struck oil. I put on some weight. I'm sure. And, and at any rate, you know, so I, I, if I were a woman, I would want to be called a lady. Well, sure. You know, but well, I sure. guess that's just not what you do now. You've They're just called a lot worse things than lady. Oh, man. And if, and if we weren't on a public uh, public airwaves, we could share some of them with you. But uh, give it a couple of minutes. Well, until Coach McNellis tells us different, we're going to use the term lady 
Navy Eagles that we're so accustomed to using. And we say that with great love and sure. great respect for those That's young right. women. And if and if this is the way it is now that you can't use, then I guess it's something uh, guess so. that you and I are going to have to get used to because uh, it's, so. it's just not the same world we were raised in. Could you? Say that again. We're going to have to. It's not yes. the same world that we were raised in. Oh, I did get that on tape, right? I'm just making no. sure. No, they don't even have tape anymore. Oh, yeah. Right? Tape, tape That's was true. Digital recording. Tape yes. was when I first started in Radio Esquire. Yes. You wouldn't know what splicing tape means, would you? Actually, I have done that before. Have you? Once or twice before. We have wow. a, we have Once an older reel to reel recorder that I play around with. Don, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where I go in Hattiesburg. The first question everybody invariably asks me is, where can on what formats can I get the Eagle Hour if and I don't what have would to? You, what would be the answer to that, Esquire? Well, when you uh, when we're live, you can hear us on the web at supertalkhattiesburg or supertalklaurel.com. dot com. Mm. After the fact, you can catch us about mm, fifteen twenty minutes after the uh, after the broadcast. You can find us on SoundCloud via the Supertalk website or on your favorite podcast platform on Spotify, Stitcher. Google Play Music and the Apple Podcast app, and that's updated. So daily. Kelly is a podcast star, and he doesn't even know what a podcast is. It's an amazing time that we live in. I mean, you know what? I just show up and I push buttons and I do the best I can to make him look good. So I don't even know what uploaded means. I know what loaded means. I spent a lot of time in college. That's why college were the seven best years of my life. I'm sure they were. You're not a math expert either, are Those you? Cyclones. Is that what it is? Cyclones. Uh, last time I checked. Yeah, you know, I got. I only remember about three of the seven years I spent I in college. But three of the seven. You know. All right. Well, we'll be uh, speaking of not remembering. We will remember that tomorrow we'll be at Sully's. We're looking forward to that yeah. great food. South Hattiesburg. We'll be talking to two former Super Bowl stars. That's going to be a lot of fun. And the Super Bowl is owned by the National Football League. Don't and it is that. the big game that <laughs> yeah. we'll be discussing tomorrow at one o'clock. And until we discuss the big game, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.